HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Well, I guess these mics are hot. We got a new engineer back there, Dave. Liz, the... uh, St. Elizabeth of the Booth has moved on. She's now working for uh, Michael um, Bloomberg, the next president of the United States. Yes. Anyway, we're back, Arts and Seizures, and it's heavy metal day. We've all got spring fever, and it is a hard rock summer here. I am so lucky. I cannot believe it. I am... Uh, really just having a gas here today with our good friend Catherine uh, Terman back again, author of The Heaviest Book of All Time. Seriously, this fucking thing weighs about 19 pounds. And if you don't think it's the heaviest book of all time, you're just denying the science. It is the um, louder than hell, the definitive oral history of heavy metal. Good to see you, KT. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. And uh, of course, uh, you moonlight or daylight with Alice Cooper as well. And he, he's a leading light. A, yes. a, a leading light. And... Um, and uh, Dean Rispler. Hi. Local luminary. Hi. And, and, hi. And, the, and also the heaviest of heavy cats playing with uh, popular rock band, The Dictators. I know that band. You know that band. Yeah. Did you play New Year's Eve? Yes. Oh, I, sorry, I didn't go. It's okay. It's okay. I didn't we, go. We, 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 only, <laughs> we only play in New York New Year's Eve now. Damn it. All so right. It's such well. a good payday for us. <laughs> <laughs> I that, hate, I hate, that's very rock and roll of you. Yeah. I, I, I hate playing on New Year's Eve more than like fucking, you know, poison. It's like, I just found my Poison the band? <laughs> um, poison the actual thing that makes you turn blue, strychnine. Huh. Um, I just think like you know, people tend to be drunk and not paying attention to the band and then you can't get home. And my, every time we've ever played at New Year's Eve, it's been a disaster. It's been great for us. Well, God bless you, son. Yeah, it's been great. God bless you. So, hey, we all went to see Black Sabbath this week. We, we went. I went twice. You went twice because yes. you are the heaviest cat, the heaviest cat I ever did see. So, uh, what do you think? Let's. Uh... Well, I have to say something. When they first came on, as uh, there's no spoiler alerts. Well, maybe there are, but anyway. Uh, no, they, it's done. I mean, the tour is over yeah, for but, now. So, but okay. So they opened with the first song off their first record, and they had the uh, church bells and the rain sounds, mm-hmm. and I almost started to cry. Right. I know that's not metal, but I, I was. Moved. No crying in metal. I was well, I was pretty moved too. Well, you'd be surprised. Uh, I got the big warm fuzzy. No man, it, it was great, and it's um, you know, I consider nostalgia sort of a pathology, but this wasn't that thing. You know, it was it, it was just so fucking good. It exceeded all expectations. Black yes. Sabbath. I knew I was going to have fun, but I didn't expect it to be that good. I mean, they sounded great. Well, well, the the 
the main reason for, for, for that I think it was amazing. Both nights were amazing. Same set list, by the way. But, yeah, and um, I want to hear if either night was better no, was, for any I th- reason. I thought, I thought last night was better, actually. Because you were drunker? A, because, well, because no, we weren't there. No, no, not, not particularly. <laughs> it's because um, the crowd seemed more into it. And, um, yeah, Saturday night. And also, uh, I had seen some footage of earlier shows from this tour, and Ozzy was really bad. Like, he sounded awful. And I, I was so worried when we went to the show that he was going to be awful. He, I thought he was on good form. I mean, was, I, could, I mean, I could really scrutinize it and tell yeah. you a couple places. Maybe he was a bit pitchy. But he, I thought he was fucking doing a great job. Was, or whoever was singing was doing a no, good he job. No, he was It was, was a guy behind singing. that black velvet curtain who he actually introduced and who no, I found out was, is Rick Wakeman's son. Well, that's, that was a weird thing because they introduced the off uh, offstage keyboard player. They've used an offstage keyboard player forever. Jeff Nichols was the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but it was weird that he goes, okay, we're going to introduce our keyboard player. And the guy popped. Out like 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 with the Punch and Judy show or Kukla Fran and Otley or yeah, something. Yeah, he came out from literally behind out. curtains. Like, yeah. hey, you know, I'm, I'm the guy doing the the church bell on the synth. Yes, and um, they well, went away. He, they sort of have to do that now because there's been a big like there's been so many rumors about Ozzy having a, a, a under tent vocalist, right? So. There's been there was just recently an article in, I read that. Uh, from I was one of the L.A. magazines and it was about all about that guy and other people who. Tour with bands behind curtains or support musicians, secret. So they kind of just came out with it and said, "Oh well, you know." And even the guy was cool. The guy's like, "Listen, on those records, Ozzy's voice is like tripled on some of those songs. So it's like it makes sense to have a you know some backing stuff going on." Um, But but that was all Ozzy. That was all Ozzy. And Ozzy, someone must have given him given him the right cortisone shots for the last two nights, last three nights because he was. He was on fire. I thought he sounded great. And not only that, I was, I mean, astonished at how good Tony Iommi oh sounded. God, I mean, like, great. flawless guitar playing. Well, the solo the solo for Dirty Women, which was a, yes. a, a great uh, obscure track to put into the set. The solo for that was worth the whole price of admission. And I think was that unreal. was the only oddball song where, you know, people might not have expected that. I didn't to expect that. to see Hand of Doom. I mean, I didn't, no? I didn't think that was like a live staple for them. I love I, that I song. I think they played favorites. either six songs off... Paranoid, yeah. I think. Well, yeah. The thing about Sabbath is, I mean, for me anyway. I mean, I mean, I mean, Dean, you go deep, and you were a consummate metalhead. I mean, I'm not even a heavy metal fan per se. I yes. like hard rock. Get out of here. We've, had, out we've here. had this conversation. Yes, I like, I like hard rock. But I like, we like you anyway. Oh, thank you. You know, and <laughs> Satan. I like, I like, I like Satan. Yeah, Satan's um, good. But, I mean, I like Black Sabbath. I like Deep Purple. I love ACDC, who I saw this summer, who were also incredibly good. Um, like, like, really, really, like. Boy, oh boy, it was an expensive ticket, but I got every penny's worth. Well, you know what? We have to address that both ACDC and Sabbath are touring without a core original member. True. Um, and? Without two core original members in the case of ACDC. Yes, exactly. Not to mention that they changed singer. I mean, you know. Well, yeah. You know, no, somewhere saying, in midstream. I mean, yes. this is the first time that Malcolm hasn't okay. Okay. been how many? Okay. How many people have been in Black Sabbath? It's like 35. Everyone in this room, probably. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. I mean, uh, well, Tony Martin was on five albums. Tony which Martin is was in it. Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Hughes was in it for a while. Glenn Glenn Hughes. Tony Martin, and, and yeah. actually, I, I, I he, is, he sounds like a lounge singer. I mean, the I, name Tony Martin sounds like a lounge singer. Hi, Tony, if you're listening, I know him, and uh, weirdly, I got to take him to Lucky Thirteen one night, and we got a lot of free drinks off his notoriety. Right. So it's great. His notoriety <laughs> being five Black Sabbath records, and no one still still knows. Yes, who he I'm is. still sleeping on my couch. <laughs> the last time, the last time. Um, Saw Black Sabbath. The only other time I saw Black Sabbath, Ian Gillen from Deep Purple. Yeah, Born Again tour was the Born Again tour. Bevins. 
Uh, the Bev Evans. Well, Bev that's, 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 you know, another story, that's one yeah. of my favorite stories. Still dining out on the uh, I Have Fun for my book, I Have Fun Everywhere I Go. Mm-hmm. We went to... Um, See, it was a costume contest at Tower Records, and to go. Black Sabbath were the judges. This was the Born Again tour, yeah. so it was uh, Ian Gillen singing. It was Geezer and Tony, the original Sabbath members, and Bev Bevan, uh, formerly of Electric Light Orchestra on the Move, uh, was playing drums. I mean, I, I don't know where these guys they see each other at the Boy Scout meetings or something. It's like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, for July and August, Bev. Um, but that was the lineup, and I went. Well, that's my... how we meet at Boy Scout meetings. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, I interrupted you. Bev Bevan playing with Ian uh, Gillen. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we went. Um, it was funny because me and um, I went with my friend Dave Reagan Youth. Um, Dave Insurgent. Dave Insurgent, my friend from uh, Reagan Youth. And we were we dressed up in like totally psychedelic uh, acid head kind of garb versus like everybody else was in complete black gothic. And, you know, and had their hair spiked up. They loved us. They ate us up. We had our pictures taken for circus and whatnot. And Dave had a Bible with them. Someone had given it to him that day. On the street, some uh, Christian uh, trying to convert Dave um, gave him a Bible in Washington Square Park. And we got there and we gave Ian Gillen the Bible and he signed it. And Dave's like, oh, man, you were in Deep Purple. That's so cool, right? And, and, and they, they loved us. And then and Geezer signed. And it was great. And then Tony Iommi signed. It was great. And Dave said to Bev Bevan, he goes, hey, you're Bev Bevan. And I said, yeah. And he goes, you were an electric light orchestra, right? And he goes, yeah. And Dave says, well, you're too soft. You can't sign my Bible. Sorry, dude. <laughs> now, I'm not religious at all, but isn't that completely blasphemous to sign a Bible? <laughs> they loved it. They thought this, you know, a couple of acid heads. I mean, we were wearing like space helmets and carrying these big African, you know, sticks and stuff. And awesome. I mean, it was just completely out of control. And. They gave. They all gave us. We all got tickets to see Black Sabbath. I mean, we walked away with like three pairs of tickets Great. to see Sabbath. Uh, that was the tour. They had the stone engine that wouldn't fit through the door. Yes. It was the opposite of the Spinal Tap yes. thing. It was tiny. I don't know. The, I don't know that story. Well, they had, they had a Stonehenge design for that show, but apparently it was too big for some of the arenas. They couldn't so on get the it napkin, it's, it was it uh, stayed on, right. It stayed on the truck for some of those shows. <laughs> well, you've seen you've seen Sabbath a lot of times. I'm imagining. No, no, I, I I've. Um. I haven't. I, uh, I, I, I wish I had. And when I was younger, when they were touring with Dio, um, I didn't go. I was too young. My oh, parents yeah, wouldn't yeah. Let me, no, my parents wouldn't let me go. And then... Uh, I thought if you lived in Long Island, you sort of had to go see Dio. Yeah, you know what? I never saw Dio either, which is a big mistake in my life. And the main biggest mistake was sleeping on the Heaven and Hell show when they played. The last show they played at... Radio City. I totally slept. I was like, oh, I should go to that. And then I totally forgot about it, slept on it, and then the day it happened, it was like, oh, sold out. I'm like, I, I felt like I was there. Yeah. I that, that, as we, we discussed, that's when they did the DVD from that show. Yes. I wish um, I'd gone to that. I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, the Dio the years era. of, I think all those records are great. I mean, I, was, I bought these tickets so far in advance when they went on sale, and I was like a little kid. They were on like my bulletin board every day. I was looking at them, and I was like, already like in my mind, I was already rolling joints for the show. But I, I, <laughs> I just, I just read my favorite uh, Ozzy quote that I, I've never saw before. Ozzy, Ozzy is quoted as saying, "When, when, when, Deep per- when uh, Black Sabbath is touring with um, Dio and Vinnie Appice, he said." You can't call that Black Sabbath. They should just call it Giza Butler and the Three Italians. <laughs> we love That's you all. Three Italians. That's you know, it's good. funny. What Sounds you like just, Tony Martin's band. What you yeah. just said about the uh, having the ticket. I, had the, I, I have tickets like that now. I, I I didn't rush out and buy, but I rushed onto the internet to buy uh, Iggy with Josh, homie. From, mm-hmm. So I don't. Uh, I can't remember what the Iggy record's called, but. Uh, 
they're. I'm that's sure an it's very. I'm sure it's very heavy with those guys. Well, I mean, I went to see them, Crooked Vultures, and it was one of the best shows I've seen in my life. So I thought, all right, I'm not missing this one because it'll be short lived. Was I'm John sure. Paul Jones in that band? Yes. yes, he was, and Dave Grohl, right? Dave Grohl, yeah, yeah Dave Grohl, yes. And my old band, the, the opened, omnipresent Dave Grohl. Yes, my old are, are band. Are we sick of him? And my old yes. band, uh, the Brutlo, unequivocally opened yes. opened that show. What? I wasn't in the band at the time. I had oh. already left. My my old band, the Brutlo, who were on. Mm-hmm. Uh, TP Records. They mm-hmm. were. Uh, they opened. Oh, they were on Small Stone. Small Stone Records as mm-hmm. well. They uh, opened that. Them Crooked Vulture show. Nice. <laughs> so wait, did anyone think? I, actually, I don't. I, I will be embarrassingly admitting this that I got a free ticket to Sabbath. How much were the tickets? What was the ticket price? I got, I got a pretty cheapy. I um, it lit up on my Facebook feed. Uh, Citibank uh, Day, you know, right. whatever. And I think they were only sixty five bucks oh, each. That's good because we, were, we were sitting kind of upstairs, but it was like only sixty five bucks. I, I just pushed. I couldn't push that button fast enough to get a pair of tickets. Because, you know, I thought 90, <laughs> 90 minutes is pretty damn short. It um, was it was a little perfunctory, I thought. And, you know, the encore of Paranoid, I mean, expected and awesome, but still just... They yeah. could have thrown one more out. I mean, I'm telling you, I wanted to see ACDC. It just goes and goes and goes. And just when you think you know, they can't do any more, more cannon fire and more pyrotechnics. I mean, they are not cutting pennies on the fucking dynamite on ACDC. Right. And they're coming around. That was a stadium tour, and oddly... It was the first time, short time I've seen a show in a stadium. I mean, I've seen lots of arena shows, but nothing outdoors. No, yeah. I saw JFK the Stones at, uh, in L.A. at the uh, not the sports arena, the Coliseum. I went to Wrigley Field, and uh, you know it was okay, but you know, it's, it's fifty-five thousand people is a lot of people for a blues band. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what do we think? What, what are the Sabbath guys going to do? Obviously, Ozzy has an established solo career, but Tony and Geese. What well, we- Tony's in bad shape, right? Well, I mean, he's been fighting cancer, but yeah. he sounded great and looked he great, as we amazing. said. Who you would never know. He was, I mean, just phenomenally on. Yeah. on, And the tone of their guitars and everything. I mean, it was just like A++++, I thought. And oh, you know what I enjoyed so. was watching the screen, which I admit I did, just to see Tony's fingertips. You know, yeah. like, how does he feel through those fake fingertips? That's the coolest thing. Yeah, it is pretty cool. And, and the bass, I mean, the bass geezer. I mean, he doesn't get that named. That was the best bass, he, he, he most bass tone I ever saw anyone with live. And an arena show, it was oh incredible. And he doesn't get credit for like being the greatest rock and roll bass player of all time. I don't know why he's not named. He's getting you know, named, in the gets same, named quite a bit. You know, on the same level as like Jack Bruce or John Paul Jones. I think he gets named quite a bit. I, I, I would, a lot of guys name him as influence. I mean, but this tour is going to go on for a while. I think that's yes. what, they're, what they're doing next is. You know, I, I felt too. I bought my tickets to be the last show in America ever, and then like next day, it's like, oh, go see them this summer. You know, like Great Jones, like uh, Jones Beach. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Great Jones Beach. Yeah, I think they're going to just milk out this tour as long as. It could I don't go. know. I mean, I have to say, I did get offered a ticket to Saturday, and I chose not to go because I knew it would be the same set. I mean, I don't I, know. Did I, I make the wrong choice? You said it was better. It was amazing. It was, mm. I thought it was better. I thought it was better. I thought both nights were amazing. I thought I, I think that 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 uh, both nights were amazing. We had a, I think we had a better time because uh, we were closer to the stage. We had a better, better seats, and also I think the crowd on Saturday night was much more into it. It seemed like a, a, a more, you know, for, wh- well, where we were sitting in the in the, in, in the first night was was uh, kind of the the grandpa. Section. It was Saturday night, and by. Is the whole arena the grandpa section? Well, but I must say, every, I saw every, a lot of little the girls Mecca. with their dads, and that made me happy. The most yeah. famous arena in the world. Yeah. Um, when will Cosmo Demonic be playing at Madison Square Garden? I don't know. I don't know. We haven't been offered a show yet. so. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And why don't you tell us about Cosmo Demonic? And uh, we're going to hear uh, Dean's extremely heavy band. Well, Sabbath Cosmo Demonic heavy. is fa- fairly <laughs> fairly drinks. new band. It's uh, 
Features uh, David Bosler on vocals and guitar, uh, formerly of Silver Summit, and a couple other bands. And uh, it's uh, really heavy, blackened, psychedelic doom. All right, what are we going to hear? I think we're going to hear the first track is Kali. Kali, all right. You're listening to Arts and Seizures. It's Heavy Metal Day here in Bushwick. Dave, the engineer, give it a twirl. Super duper awesome place. Robertus is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Cow. Ah, there we go. That, that Roberta's bumper is as heavy as Cosmo Demonic, almost. Uh, we're back. Arch and Seizures. Mike Edison here with uh, Dean Rispler and Catherine Turman, author of Louder Than Hell, the heaviest book of all time. And uh, we just got a call in from our good friend Kenny Aronoff, drummer to the stars, the hardest hitting man in show business. Kenny, are you there? I'm here, buddy. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing good. We're just talking about how good Black Sabbath was this week. You played with uh, Tony Iommi, right? Yeah, I did a record with Tony Iommi and uh, Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple. We were trying to start a uh, a power trio, and it was a killer record. We did it in Wales, but uh, when the record was done, that's exactly the moment where uh, Sharon Osbourne won the won the Bring Back Black Sabbath. So you you do the math. You do the math. I mean, you damn know, you, Sharon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey man, I don't blame her. I mean, you know, Black Sabbath versus a power trio playing in bars. There you go. You well, know? can you make? Can you still make that power trio happen? That sounds like something the world needs. 
Well, you know, I, I, I've been emailing uh, just, just recently, Tony. We stayed in touch ever since. And I, I even said, man, I'll come over there and uh, on my own dime and let's, let's make another record. And, uh, you know, I mean, he really would love to. He's very enthusiastic to do that sort of thing. But, you know, his life has changed quite a bit. I mean, he's trying to finish his tour and he's dealing with, you know, the, uh, his health issues. So I don't know. I mean, he's great, man. He's, a, he's the sweetest guy in the world. So I would, I would love to that. So we're all talking, too. It's uh, three original members of Sabbath out on this tour, minus Bill Ward. Uh, what do you think went down with that, that Kenny? I mean, there's a lot of, lot of talk, um, a lot of inter-chatter on the web. Machine. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's like, you know, all I can say is a, a good response in general is there's always two sides of the story. It's the side I hear is, you know, he got screwed, you know, and... And, it, and, and, you know, and, but I don't know all the details. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, we don't know. Maybe he pissed everybody off so much in the past they didn't, you know, they are he's being punished for that. I'm, I'm really, I'm really shooting from the hip. Do you think but he was, my, sorry, I was going to ask, do you think he's physically, he was physically able to do the rigors of an arena tour? Probably not. But, you know, I, probably not, you know, yeah. I mean. I remember I'd heard at one point when he was on tour with them that the tech had to beat his back, you know, to tell him where the tempo was. But, you know, when I, when I you know, I mean, yeah, kind of one of those sad things. Cause, but, you know, he's obviously clean and sober. He looks really healthy. He looks great. And uh, I don't know, maybe it would have been cool if there's some way they could have had him out there, you know, do something. You know, like I do, I've done sticks before, you know, when uh, the, a couple times the drummer couldn't make it. And <laughs> they had the original bass player come out and do like three songs, and the audience loved it because he was the original guy. I think that's what Guns N' Roses are planning to do oh, with, God. Uh, I'm hor- I'm with I'm Stephen horrified. Adler. I'm oh, horrified. Do you know what? Because I wanted that gig bad. Ah. <laughs> But I mean, I, I recorded, I did an Iggy Pop record, Brick by Brick, and I, and I, I got really close with uh, Slash and Duff back in the heyday. And um, I was actually texting Slash, you know, when it was all, this was all going down. And, you know, if I, I think, I think that's what's going to happen. And there's nobody, I'd heard that Axel really wanted that feel of Steven Adler because he had that thing. But... Is he capable of doing a long show? That's that would be uh, the question. But right now, you know, I think that would be phenomenal if they brought him out and did like three or four songs. Mm-hmm. He's got that. He's got that the original swagger and feel and looseness. Um, Guns N' Roses. I'll tell you, that's why I loved Guns N' Roses, that first record when it came out, because to me, of all those, the bands of the era, you know, hair, metal, hair bands, whatever, they, to me, understood... Aerosmith. They understood the Rolling Stones. Everybody, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. they had, yeah. you know, I'm, to me, listen, I don't like heavy metal. I say, we've said this, I like hard rock. I like rock and roll. Yeah. Um, to me, the roll part is always more important than the rock part. And they sort of got that where most bands didn't at the time. Yeah, they had the swinging dirtbag vibe. You know, yeah. yeah, well, it's, hey, you know what? <laughs> the you swinging know what? dirt I, bags. I, I, tried, they I tried not to like them. I really tried not to like them because I was like, these guys are imitating. Hey, by the way, can I swear on this radio station? Oh, yeah. Please do. Please. Oh, okay, good. Fuck. Fuck, 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 shit, 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 fuck. Okay. <laughs> All right. Getting out awfully, everybody. I, I, I tried to fucking not like him because I thought, Jesus Christ, they're just trying to imitate, you know, the swagger of a Aerosmith and the Stones. But you know what? I mean, 
they they what they did was in hindsight they really kept that that original cool shit alive. They just they just had a, a new audience, you know. It was great. Yeah, I mean, they, they, had, they had hook lines, they had melodies, they had choruses. They were dangerous. They were like, you know, they did drugs. They they would yeah. come into your town. They would take your money, your women, and everything. <laughs> well, all right, Kenny. Yeah. I got, Kenny, I got yeah. a question for you. Yeah. Are right, you you still playing with uh, with John Fogerty? Oh yeah, absolutely I, iconic. Yep. I just I just saw you. I guess about six months ago. I think it was at the, at the the Beacon. It was amazing. Oh yeah, those shows are great. What a yeah. great place to see Bogart. Yeah, we got we got this. Now we've we've upped it a little bit. We've got were there like TV screens with their monitors. There yes. Yes. And all that shit. Yeah. It was it was pretty yeah. wild. Yeah. Yeah. That's very well, modern for Freedoms. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great show. Yeah, well, he's we're doing the thing now. We we brought it into Vegas, and and it's the same sort of thing, but a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of what you saw. I love but the fact, still, you know, song after song after song after song after song. Yeah. Dean, I got to tell you, I've been. Um I should plug Kenny's new book, which I've been helping him out a little bit with, uh, which is called Sex, Drums, and Rock and Roll. It'll be out this fall. But one thing I love is that uh, Fogarty uh, still likes to rehearse Proud Mary. Still working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, well, you're not just... By the way, Mike, for all the listeners, Mike's doing more than just a little bit of help. We're like like, glued hip to hip. When working, I was up till 3 in the morning last night. I'm so anal. I have to read every word, every paragraph, so we're going back and forth, and Mike is kindly putting up with me wanting to, you know, revise, 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 revise. Meanwhile, the deadline technically is March 1st, next Tuesday, but I'm the one who's, like, being so anal that I need... You know, I like to, you know... It's all right, Kenny. Whose bright idea was it to put two drummers together to write a book anyway? (laughs) (laughs) All right, listen, Kenny Aronoff, everybody. Kenny, I'm going to talk to you very soon. We're going to get this book done. We're going to hand it in, and we're going to get you on the show in person very soon. All right, buddy. All right, take care, you guys. Enjoy... Sunday, and uh, I'll speak to you soon, Mike. All right, nice great, Kenny Aronoff. They say, you know, um, Taylor from the Foo Fighters says, if you want to hear Kenny Aronoff play the drums, just turn on the radio. Uh, he really is amazing. That must be nice. Uh, I, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, he's played on like pop hits. You know, every Meatloaf record since the first one. He's the, the modern also, Hal Blaine. He is the modern Hal Blaine. Yeah. Exactly. We're trying to think who's the most recorded drummer of all time, and I think uh, Hal Blaine's got to be it. Hal Blaine is it? Ken, Hal but Blaine but is Kenny it. is like right there. It's, and then uh, sadly, Grohl is going for it. It's I think. crazy. Oi, 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 fucking vey. Hey, oh, uh, you know, you know, since the last time we were together, um, we we lo- we lost one of one of our heroes. That I did want to talk about. Um, Lemmy has moved on to the next. The next gig in the sky, and uh, man, that that hit fucking. Oh, I hard. thought you were talking about Antonin Scali- Scalia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, that would have been. Too he, late, he was yes. heavy. He was Scalia the. And, he was, the, he was the wrong heavy. Oh, you weren't. You weren't. You were talking about. You were talking about Not Ian, Ian Kilmister. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I have to say, I interviewed him twice in the last six months of his life, and his voice on the phone. I mean, you could barely understand him. He was so. So weak sounding, yeah. and you know, I talked to him. I was one of the first people to talk to him after he canceled a couple shows in Austin. You know, he walked yes. off stage. He's like, oh, just for the fans, if they paid their money, I can't let them down. And that was that mm-hmm. was it. He just 
he he wouldn't stop because of the fans. He really, really, really inspiring. I mean, like unbelievable, right? And but he say he stopped started drinking vodka for health reasons. Yes, I know, and just a kind, humble, awesome, just a real a real guy. And and also uh, surprisingly, you know, I, I guess there was the one article where you know he slept with more than a thousand women. Whatever, who cares? But he he was great to the band Girls School. Always toured with them. Yep. Was really he was apparently I didn't realize this till the uh, the eulogy, which I watched streaming on YouTube. Was he was raised, I believe, just by his mother, no father in his life, and he was really respectful towards women. And he was just a fucking cool guy. Yeah, and a great songwriter, underrated songwriter, underrated bass player. So what do we That's think amazing. of the Grammys tribute? Oy. I didn't watch it. It's your boss. Can you be honest? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. All right. Here's something I'll pose pose to the panel here. Um, Mm. You know, I love Alice. He's great. I think what tied them together is they both hung out in... uh, They were both Hollywood vampires hanging out at the rainbow, drinking their fucking lives away. Alice got sober. But who would you have rather seen sing? I couldn't think of who I would have rather sing Ace of Spades besides... uh, I mean... Ozzy! uh, No. I mean... I just hear these stories about when uh, Motorhead was opening up for, um, I, I guess Ozzy was was that it wasn't Black Sabbath, it was right. the Ozzy Osbourne band, and you know just this like crazy. I mean, we talk about Lemmy and how much he loved him, but they would just sort of get in the car and drive and not shower and like just real filthy rock and roll animals. And Ozzy mm-hmm. loved them; they were, you know, it was supposedly a great tour and very 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 connected. I wonder if Iggy could have done. It. I mean, you Ozzy very super punk. Iggy, Iggy would be great. Well, Iggy Iggy should have been the one doing uh, the the Bowie tribute. Oh, uh, another, another, yes. and, another and, and if it was up to me in in yes. Dreamland, it would have been the Damned doing uh, Motorhead think, tribute. I don't think the Grammys are ready for Iggy yet. It's just, it's just the Grammys sad, aren't ready for anything. If, if, the, if the Grammys had listen, no disrespect to Lady Gaga, I think she's very uh, talented in her own way. But I, 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 I don't, I, I really think that whole Bowie thing should have been. It was a cacophonous. It should have been. It should have been like uh, uh, Iggy Pop and Ian Hunter. And people who were uh, he wrote songs with and songs for Brian they, Eno. Brian Eno would have been great. All, all that would have been great. There's one good version of Heroes, not this like this mix and match Bowie on 45. It was like it happened so fucking fast. I didn't even know what the hell was happening. And um, you know, but, but, but now all these people who weren't really there and didn't really understand Bowie in the first place can now feel like they're part of this experience through the magic that is the Grammys. Yeah. You know what? Corporate rock still sucks. Yep, it sure does. Yeah, I kind of actually sure weirdly does. after Bowie died, I feel like I'm the, one of the only people who, who he didn't change my life. I mean, I love <laughs> him and worship him, but everyone's like, he let me be me. He was this. He was that for me. I'm like, I just thought he was. Now I'm actually kind of thinking, all right, what did I miss? Um, I don't know that he changed my life, but there was definitely a point where he made it okay to get your freak on, and right, you that's know, what I'm saying. And it was sort of like, yeah. but but punk rock had the same effect. It was like, right. I mean, you know, through my life, it was these things that said, okay, be yourself. It's okay to be a little, be a weirdo. And I mean, Bowie was such a constant in my life. I mean, I never stopped playing his records. But who think of somebody else? The Stones, The Who, Black Sabbath, I mean, Motorhead, Iggy Pop, whomever, who ran like eight or nine records in a row that are unbelievably good, that showed a true like artistic evolution. Yes. Um, and I'll just start with Hunky Dory, you know, through Ziggy Stardust, Diamond Dogs, Aladdin Sane, Station to Station, maybe his best record. Um, and then to come, come after that, to you know, continue on with you know, Heroes and Low and Lodger. And, and, yeah. and then Scary Monsters, which is like this guitar-heavy, like, unbelievable yeah. masterwork. And I like his last records. I thought the next day was I thought, like, I great. thought Let's Dance was great. That was, that was a, a, like a pop blow-up record that at the time got annoying on MTV, but, but great songs. And then Tin Machine. 
Oh. Um. Actually, I wanted to like them so much. Right. I I still try to like them. Like, sometimes in my darkest moments, I go on YouTube and look at the Tin Machine because I like the idea of David Bowie being in a guitar band. But, yeah, it wasn't so good. I thought your favorite was the... um his collaboration with uh, Mick Jagger on uh, oh, Dancing yes. in the Streets. Oy. Isn't that your favorite video? Man, I you know, <laughs> boy. I, I, you know, and with that, as always, it has been the fastest half hour on the already over? today. It, it's, it's that fast. It's like, wow. Um, I know. There's some, some songs. We didn't even touch that pizza. Well, by the way, this is a new pizza on the Roberta's menu. It's called Achilles Last Stand, and I ordered it special because, you know what I always say, uh, Dean, if you um, claim to be a Led Zeppelin fan and mm-hmm. you don't like the record presence, you're not really a Led Zeppelin fan. You're just a classic rock idiot. Right, are they, they, does... they going to make a Royal Orleans with, uh, with, a, so, with sausage? That's a fantastic Hot idea. on for nowhere? How do you, how, <laughs> presence, my favorite. How's the drum goes on Achilles Last Stand? Can someone air drum? It's the same thing it's a great song only heavier. Sped up. Okay. Sped up. It makes a good song only heavier. Yay. I'll drink to that. All right, we're going to come back uh, soon, you guys. Okay. Yes. Cat, Catherine, uh, Turner, I'm not coming back. Whistler, please go out. And <laughs> I've had enough. In the dictator. I've had enough of this, Mike. Uh, be nice, Dean. I'm going to play one more of your songs. Okay. All right, and it's going to be so fucking heavy, it's going to break the station. Yeah. All right, don't forget, Catherine's book is louder than hell. It really is absolutely fantastic. Thank you. It's seven pounds of metal. It, it is awesome sauce. And we'll see you guys next week right here on Arts and Seizure. Let's get the pizza. And we're here. Thank you, Cosmo Demont. Yeah, I know this band.
for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.